tonight, the Eels stripped of points, but not of hope. Parramatta legend Brett Kenny is our special guest. It's something these Leicester fans have never felt before. Championship glory in a sporting miracle. Adelaide enjoying a party of their own in the A-League. The Giants monster relimping Hawthorne. While Mal Meninga wants to bring back Kangaroos pride and the pre-game war dance. If you've got a sporting itch, we'll scratch it. This is the Backpage Live. I wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their senses are dulled. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. Kelly's been searching the internet this time around. Thanks so much, Kelly. Big winners, big losers. It's all laid out for us tonight at the desk to work out which is which. Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome to you both. And over this side we have Ryan Fitzgerald and Adam Spencer. Gentlemen, Hi, welcome Brian. to the show and welcome to you. All right. Parramatta, as you know by now, have been stripped of all their competition points, fined a million dollars for salary cap rort, and the NRL has described as a stain on the game. Here's what CEO Todd Greenberg had to say to Today. The preliminary findings suggest the operation of a deliberate, coordinated and sustained system of salary cap cheating by the club. They breached the salary cap rules in five of the last six years. As we sit here today, our preliminary findings suggest that the club is again over the salary cap for 2016. This has to stop. And it stops today. So there's Todd Greenberg today announcing those measures. They can play for points from now on, and of course they have to be salary cap compliant to get any points from this point on. To me, uh, it seems like that's fair enough. I would agree with you. I thought this was the first big real test for the new CEO and Todd Greenberg um, handled himself quite impressively. Um, it, it seems to be a fair and a, and a just deal under very difficult circumstances. He's addressed the problem, he's punishing them, but he's also giving them a glimmer of hope if they get their house in order. But the question remains, how on earth in this day and age does a team possibly think that they can get away with doing this for the last three years? And we're going to talk about Leicester shortly and that money doesn't buy everything. Do they honestly think by doing this and cheating the salary cap that a premiership will result? I just can't believe that a club thinks they can still get away with it. Oh, absolutely. And how about their defiance? I mean, now there's Supreme Court injunctions. Guys who drove the ship to the bottom of the ocean saying, can you let us refloat it? I'd say, go away. Get Which, lost. And, and who misses out then? I mean, the players and the fans, because this is going to get ugly. We're, going, we're heading to the courts. We're back in the courts on Friday. It's going to drag out for a long time yet. And the, and the idea of this 12 from 15 that they can win to make the finals is only if... They write the books... $570,000... this weekend? Next yeah. weekend, yeah. Next weekend, so they've got, they've got, like, 10 days to sort out... Well, if they don't sort out that, the next game they won't get points. Not until they yeah. sort it out, they don't get yeah, points. Yeah, so this well, 12 from 15 is only yeah, if they yeah, do... Yeah, I like given, to play by our rules, basically. And they've given the books to Mick Gatto as well, which is good. So, yeah, good. <laughs> so they should be sorted out. <laughs> but I tell you what, it, the, the penalty may be about right. If they make these finals, just say it happens... You don't reckon if they get in on points for it against the head of the Cowboys, who they beat when they were over the salary cap, they will scream the house down. They really will. I tell you what interests me, the next part of it. Like, what players knew? Like, uh, there's Absolutely. been widespread yeah. questions. People saying, gee, I feel sorry for the players. I've got to say, I can't go with that. I mean, when you delivered $20,000 in cash 
in, in the modern day and age, that's under the table money. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, that is being investigated. Obviously, it's going to become even more forensic about whether there were any deals, because obviously taxation then becomes part of it as well. So those things, uh, it, it's sort of a separate investigation, but it certainly is going to happen. You've read all of the 700,000 yeah, documents. I have, it's a fascinating read. Yeah. It's, it's a while since you've played, so you can now reveal what sort of under-the-table payments were going on to keep you in your oh, heyday there was plenty. In, in the AFL. Plenty back in the day. I mean, the one, the best one that I heard, and I'm like, this could be an urban myth, was at was at Carlton when uh, Greg Diesel Williams went to Carlton, and on the side, apparently John <laughs> Elliott was paying his wife three hundred thousand dollars just to vacuum the club once a week. <laughs> I mean, I just love hearing stories like that. Pitsy, what about the? You did a remarkably I mean, I, thorough job. Very clean. Said that I was just wanted to, I wanted a pie and a can of coke. <laughs> but compared to the Melbourne Storm, I know that they weren't happy with the notion how fiercely they were. Uh, target, I guess, in, the, in 2010. They could play for no points throughout that season. It seems, I think Todd Greenberg said that that was soulless watching that happen. And I, I agree with him. I love, no matter what happens, if you agree with it now, you've got to agree with it at the back end if they do manage to remarkably get into the finals. It's risky, though, isn't it? I mean, they'll be sitting there nervously if they do get close to making the finals because it's not a good look. A team that's cheated the salary cap in that season playing off in the finals. But having said that, Melbourne Storm, the former directors, are livid tonight and they have taken legal advice where they're looking at, le looking at um, taking legal action against the NRL because they feel like, well, they were robbed given what happened to them a few oh, years ago. Gee. So it just, it just gets so messy. It's, it's how do you compare? I mean, it's oh, different CEOs. I'm, I'm glad I'm not back in the Melbourne no, course, leave it, leave it on the field. And that's where I, I think Eels coach Brad Arthur wants it. Here's what he had to say today. Oh, look, we're, um, we're very disappointed. Um, Players are disappointed, but there's still a bit of hope there for us. 12 from 15. That's that's the situation, and they're um, they're determined. We haven't given up hope. You know, at the start of the year, we wanted to be playing finals football, and nothing's changed. 12 from 15. That indeed will be the rallying cry. Well, they've done it twice in the modern era. I mean, it's it's not impossible. They've got something to aim at. They will have to shed a player. Everyone's saying Anthony Watmo who, you know, that would be the bulk of that 500,000. So there, there is a way forward for them. Mm. But I tell you what, if they get close, as you said, the NRL bosses would be terrified about the prospect of them sneaking into a grubby eighth position. And you also said as well today, Crash, is that they've played the Bulldogs twice now. I mean, if it's close in that final spot in the finals and, and, it, comes down, and it comes down to the Bulldogs, Bulldogs get out of the finals, let's just say that's the hypothetical... Of course you're going to be going back and getting your backs up if you're the Bulldogs and finding out that they've counted games where, yep. you know, that they've, where, where they're over the salary cap. There, there is one other part of this that's really sad. I mean, the million dollars, that hurts. Yep. Mm. The 12 competition points, that hurts. But also as part of the package, yep. it turns out that they've been stripped of the pre-season Rugby League Nines title. And I've, nines. I've, got, I've got here footage for you here right now of uh, this is a Parramatta <laughs> fan finding out that they are no longer... Yeah, or just say it isn't so, Dad. Say it isn't so. It's a distraught part. This is the renews of the Auckland Warrior fans. Oh, they fans. had a live site. The, the Warriors conference. finding out that they are now pre-season... <laughs> <laughs> Just the emotion, the release. It. We are the Knights champion. Oh, that, oh. Things got a little bit out of hand. Of course, I do. But yeah. how can you just? You're, you're excited. Minutes ago now. Pre-season yeah. Knights. Congratulations to the Auckland Warriors <laughs> on a job well done. As you pointed out there, Adver Spencer. Uh, naturally, Parramatta fans and players are, are gutted by what's happened. But so we thought we'd show you. We showed them happier times, like last weekend in the dressing room. Have a look and listen to this. You know that I've got you on my mind. 
Don't tell me they're not a resilient lot. Even Jimmy Manor there with a broken shoulder did, doing the dance. Crash, did you see that move, that, that one? That's called dabbing. Dabbing, <laughs> which is also dabbing into the salary cap. <laughs> Without looking. Just, just grabbing a, whatever's in there. It's clearly a, a tough time all around for this club, though, because Kieran Foran, who has been inspirational for them since he came over this year, uh, he is now given a leave of absence with personal issues. So that's another thing they've got to work through. Yeah, look, in my opinion, this is one of the more important stories of the week because it just goes to show no matter how much money or fame you've got, mental health can um, strike anyone. We saw it in the AFL with Buddy Franklin last year where the club decided, the Swans, that it was more important for him to get right mentally rather than play in the finals. And I think once upon a time, I mean, players would have just played through this and suffered and maybe yeah. suffered internally, but... We're seeing a slowly some acceptance from the clubs where they recognise it's actually in their best interest for their star players to be not just physically fit but mentally mm. prepared and ready to go. Yeah, they used to treat mental problems like physical ones, like, oh, he'll be out for a couple of weeks. But, Kel, the big issue, prescription drugs. Tone, I, I know some people who are far more worried about prescription, prescription drugs in rugby league than they are than the salary cap. I mean, you know, it's a, it's it's growing and it's there. They don't know it's what to do. Kieran or, or the Warriors players well, who stood War down after using Kieran drugs. and the Warriors players and a little subculture that seems to be growing season by season. Very addictive, these drugs. Very accessible, these drugs. They're an alternative to alcohol where you don't put on skin folds. But shrewd coaches now reckon they can pick a guy. That They can see a guy turning up to training and think, he's just not with us. This guy's just not there. Very different the Warriors case, though. They were using that, yep. from what I understand, to try and get high, yeah, in a sense, whereas Kieran Foran... Different, was a but there is help. that link. Yeah. There is that link. All right, uh, to some feel-good now. The fox hunt is over. No-one can catch mm. Leicester now, yet in one of sport's greatest stories. Claudio Ranieri's men are English Premier League champions. Chelsea got the job done for them, Adam. They clawed back uh, two goals to draw with Spurs and set off these amazing celebrations uh, across Leicester. There, of course, is the players themselves and a terrific little bistro in Leicester there. Look, the, the phrase fairy tale story is sadly overplayed in sport. This is one of the greatest sporting achievements ever without yep. any word of hyperbole yep. because it's not a one-off win. Yeah. Mm. It's not an unsuspected, oh, you got a shot at the title. This is a 38-game season yep. against teams who spend magnitudes more money than these guys with some of the best players by a team who were this close to being relegated last year. Mm. And when they said at the beginning of the year odds of 5,000 to 1, that's the genuine assessment of how likely this just, was to happen. Yeah. Just do your Arsenal rant. Go on. I will very quickly. <laughs> just just do your I got it, because if you're an Arsenal fan, you must really be wondering now, if you've got a season where Man United, Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea don't feature, mm -hmm. and you still come third. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't come second, you come third. You have to wonder, don't you, why am I on this part? <laughs> Well done, Leicester. Oh, right. It's not a one-off upset, which is because a, a one-off upset is like when my six-year-old beat me in Uno. But let's not talk yeah, about sure, that. Sure. <laughs> that's why it's the biggest 
upset in sporting history because it went for 38 yeah. weeks. Yeah. I mean, people say, oh, it's like the Melbourne Demons winning. They, the, the Premiership, they were 250 to 1 at the start of the season. Yeah. These guys are 5,000 mm. and they made the movie about Eddie the Eagle and it's been a success. But guess what? At, at this one, Eddie the Eagle wins. <laughs> like, he finished 30th yeah. or something and he's a, he's a and, hero. And more importantly, like um, Adam pointed out, I mean, in a competition where the most, the more the team spends... The one yeah. that's the one that wins, yeah, you know, exactly. where they've turned that on its head. Except for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to remember where they were when they found out Leicester won yeah. the Premiership. And yeah. and look, this morning, I mean, I get all my updates, my sports updates from Channel Nine, and I still remember the moment when I received this tweet this morning. Yeah. Um, Leicester City win the Premier League Grand Final in a two-three. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. Um, uh, wow. Unfortunate. I think they've given Grant Hackett's job back at Channel Nine. <laughs> 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 it is a shame it didn't happen on the pitch, but they get a, to have a lap of honour and rock up when like they go to the home game. Yeah. They, 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 the this fans weekend. arrive at the next home game knowing they're going to see yeah. the trophy home. The biggest news is that Aussie goalkeeper Mark Schwarzer has gone back-to-back -back championships yeah. without getting a game in either Chelsea or with Leicester. It was brilliant. All right, this cross to Fox Sports News reporter Dan Gubb in Leicester this morning kind of sums up the euphoria. Well, when you clinch one of the most incomprehensible, unimaginable in the history of sports, these are the things that you expect to see. That, that was never going to end well for him, was it? The, the only word you understood was incomprehensible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal wasn't happy one of his players had his hair pulled during that two-all draw. Uh, look at this. According to Louis, there's only one place pulling hair is appropriate and fun. Every human being who is trapped with the hair only with, uh, 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 with sex masochism. <laughs> then it is uh, allowed, but not uh, in other situations. It's lucky I didn't pan down to see the leather chaps he was wearing <laughs> at the time. It's Louis Van, the kinky man. <laughs> what is he doing in his spare time? How do know. players understand him? Like, if you were coached by Louis, how would you understand him? Well, it's quite clear what you do on the end of season trip of the season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's simple. Yeah. All right. The, uh, the people of Adelaide celebrated long into the night on Sunday after their team became A-League champions. Some even stayed up past midnight in Adelaide. What <laughs> <laughs> And went to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> what a performance, though. That's 50,000 people. That was great. 3-1 winners over the Wanderers, who also had a great story and a great season, Adam. And exactly. And a team, Adelaide, who were zero after eight games. No wins after eight games at the start of the season to then come back. An amazing A-League season. So many teams at different stages looking like it's us, it's us. Third grand final loss for the Warriors, and the Adelaide at the right time just said... We'll have this, thank you. And Fitzy, how good for the city of Adelaide? Oh. We can speak from experience here, but they haven't had silverware. I mean, the AFL, what, 2004, Bridesmaids in the Sheffield Shield this year, got close in the mm. NBL, so they, they haven't actually had a title to celebrate for, you know, well over a decade. And there's a, that, there's that... a nightclub up the road on Highland Street too called Red Square. <laughs> <laughs> the noise was absolutely phenomenal. It was great. The players, of course, didn't want their, their coach to miss out in the celebrations during his media commitments. We must enjoy it. We will yeah. win. We will win. We will win. 
not sure he was absolutely happy <laughs> with their arrival. And all the media was going, my iPhone. Yeah. My iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd. Money, rice. <laughs> Wanderers crowd, though, they were also uh, brilliant. They set the pace early in terms of that noise and passion, but the Adelaide fans stormed home. Uh, we said that atmosphere was brilliant. The only bummer was that stupid, the obligatory flare throw. There was talk of looking about, you know, whether they were fined. They haven't been fined, but I think they have to pay for some of the, the seats. That, well, God, uh, well, when, I, when I saw there was flares at Adelaide Oval, I thought Don Dunson had come back from the <laughs> <laughs> Still with football, sort of. Uh, Leodon Messi has proved his genius in a Japanese game show and you think the giant inflatable goalie's got it covered but look over there he goes into the corner and boom this is great look at it. there's a little spot in the bit between the legs as well he goes the other side yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Bosser was going to stop <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I, I love those shows. All right, to AFL and a couple of big stories uh, come out of the giant smashing of Hawthorne. How good is this uh, young Western Sydney team and is the Mighty Hawks premiership domination crumbling, Kelly? Well, what a telling day, really, it was on Saturday for the AFL's two newest clubs. Um, we're seeing the Giants here run amok against the triple premiership uh, team. And then the Suns, a few hours later, absolutely demolished by Geelong by 120 points. So the Giants actually in this same position this time last year. They, they upset on the same ground Hawthorne, but by a kick, not something like 75 points. So maybe this is the watershed moment for them. Oh, and um, what about for Hawthorne? Because they were not dissimilar last uh, season as well. Tony, don't, look, Hawthorne have a couple of these losses every year and everyone writes them off and they always come home. They always time their run perfectly going into the finals. I wouldn't look into it. They've lost much. Luke Hodge as well for yep. the next, what, six, six to, to eight, eight He had surgery on his knee and they've only fallen over the line. I think they're a little lucky in their three three-point wins, so maybe it's a bit deeper than that, Fitzy. We'll have to wait and see. Nah, don't yeah. write them off, Kel. Look, you know, you know a team's doing well when Eddie Maguire starts to complain about some situation there. Absolutely. He's having a real whinge at the moment <laughs> about the fact that it turns out, it turns out the GWS Giants have some good players because they got some draft picks a couple of seasons ago. Eddie's livid. That's a sign that they're going all right. Yeah. He says it's going to kilt, put the, the competition in kilt over 10 years. Yeah, exactly. All right, as expected, uh, no issue for Sydney over stretcher gate, despite Brisbane coach Justin Lepich's uh, post-game spray. Are you surprised at all about this, Adam? No, no. Admitted yeah. by the, uh, um, the AFL today, the umpires made a mistake and called a stretcher for it when mm. it wasn't needed. The moment he went down, well, yeah. the commentators were saying, I oh, know he's done his D's, not his knee. The, mm. the good story is at the moment it looks more like knee bruising and he'll be back. And unfortunately, because it was a cracking game and Brisbane are playing so much better than a one-in-five team at the moment. Our boys did Wasn't really well to hold on. was a terrible decision? In, in all honesty, I mean, the bloke went down. The next thing he's up running around like Usain Bolt. What the umpire's so meant to was... do is allow the stretcher on and then if play moves up that end, call But it was break. actually a call by the emergency umpire who's at the interchange gate. So it wasn't one of the three field umpires. They had no idea. Mm. Emergency umpire blows his whistle. Field umpires have Where to stop. Go, they stop in play. You stuff up, stuff up as an emergency umpire. <laughs> <laughs> Where next hell do you go? <laughs> the mascot. <laughs> the mascot. Uh, <laughs> He'll be next week. <laughs> Swan's uh, Dane Rampey has been a solid last line of defence all year. Uh, about the team's recovery, oh he let some trouble get in behind him. <laughs> as you could, you could see there, uh, Dane, <laughs> unaware completely what's going on. Uh, sadly. Oh. Warwick Cabbers let himself go. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you very much, Fitzy. Unbeaten North Melbourne are top of the table and a big game for Drew Petrie this weekend as he celebrates his 300th uh, to mark the occasion. The players caught him a little off guard with a surprise press conference today. Is it true that uh, if you clean out the mini bar, <laughs> that the, the first thing the next day you'll go down to the supermarket, you'll buy all those items at a cheaper price to restock it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. J-Mac, I, I told... You are the only person I told that time. <laughs> you spread it. That's true. I just got principles and I'm not paying $8 for a forex a stubby after a game. <laughs> You've got to love a team environment, don't you, Kel? You certainly really? do. I liked what he said later in the presser as well, that, you know, 300, as we know, in the AFL. How many did you get to, Fitzy? Six? Oh, cool. oh. I was 282 games short of that. Okay. <laughs> but he's got 300, and then you've got a teammate in Brent Harvey who's played, you know, 2 million and 60 or whatever. So he's yeah. like, no-one really sort of bats an eyelid. But they're undefeated. Yep. One and two at the moment are the two Scott brothers because you've got North Melbourne and Geelong, and they're both celebrating their 40th birthday today. Oh. So... They'd be very happy little campuses having a glass of champagne be, yes. this evening. All right, Kangaroos coach uh, Mal Meninga admitted even some of his mates didn't know there was a test between Australia and New Zealand on this Friday night in Newcastle. Uh, the big fella was trying to get the buzz back into international footy. Do you think it's working, this technique? No, not yet. I mean, this it's a funny little thing, this test. It appears at a really odd time of the season at Newcastle, like it's in no context, there's no particular series. It used to be the Anzac test then the Trans-Tasman test. And that jersey that you can see there... Beautiful. ..is, to me, the best jersey in Australian sport. It's, it was a beautiful 40 years ago. It's beautiful now. But the passion's not there, Tone. My theory is, since England took a dive out of International Rugby League as a competitive force... It hasn't been the same. You need a really passionate rival. But New Zealand's ranked it's above still us. Not the same. number one in the it's world. It's still not. not the same. It is. It, it is. is not the same. I mean, oh. the rivalry between New Zealand and Australia, that's what it's all about. They've been knocking us Mate, off. I know rugby league fans. When we lose New Zealand, they go, OK. It's just, it's just not the same as the Poms. Mm. And since uh, it's, it hasn't been there for a couple of decades. So Phil yeah. Gould reckons that Australia picked too many old players? What do you think of that? Fair point, fair point. Yeah. They've got a World Cup next year. Mal Meninga's first test, he went with what he knew. He just has to find a victory here, so he went for proven guys. But it, it, it had been another coach, I reckon, he'd have gone young and moved on. His Mal, of course, is he'll try anything to create that interest. He says there may even be a war dance when we host the World Cup next year. 50 years on from the uh, first one, they used a war dance against France in 1967. Uh, well, here it was. And I, I think it, if you, this will bring the crowds back, surely. Just imagine the well, fear that must have been going through the French yeah. hearts that was terrifying. as they <laughs> stared that down. That's where, that's where dabbing started, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this was a little thing that was taken from some locals on Stradbroke Island, if you could believe, and a lot of people actually were sad it actually left the island. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the kangaroo side was named last week to give more time for just such publicity and preparation. Its move didn't, that didn't impress Brisbane coach Wayne Bennett, who thought it damaged his team's efforts against Cronulla. You know, I'm not going to make excuses today, but I was pretty disappointed when they announced the team this week. I've been a long-time long, long coach, and I just know the impact it has on guys. I addressed them yesterday. I kept the Australian and New Zealand players back yesterday in the room, and I told them that I knew what was going on with them. You know, and I tried to help them a little bit how they can handle it better mentally. I love Wayne Bennett to death. That is classic deflection. His team's been beaten and he decides he's just going to go down that path. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't want to raise the whole announcement of the Australian Test team 
But let's talk yeah. about it. <laughs> <after the trans- laughs> <laughs> we must get Kev Walters on the show. Even though he's now the super serious origin coach, I heard at a function last week he did a fabulous Wayne Bennett. He said he's better Bennett than Bennett. So uh, we've got to get him on yeah, to do brilliant. it. All right, well, like Wayne Bennett, uh, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich is known for his economy of words. Well, at the weekend, he was verbally almost bankrupt. What is it that you've seen from him and, and his success? The, the ball went in the basket a lot. Coach, what were your thoughts on Danny's defensive effort tonight? I thought he did well. Kawhi's defensive effort tonight? I thought he did well. I won't keep going. Well, after the game, what do you tell us? I choose not to share that with you. That's just plain rude, isn't oh, it? Oh, he's one of my all-time favourites. Hell? He's won five NBA titles. <laughs> he's up there with one of the greats. Did you know Hawthorne modelled their game when they won the premiership on, on the Spurs and Alistair Clarkson... Loves that His man. tickets are on sale now at the Sydney Conference. <laughs> <laughs> they lost 98-97 today, I think, against Oklahoma with Paddy Mills. Had a three-pointer four, four minutes out. Just missed, and they did lose that game. All right, I want to show you a much livelier media conference. Uh, heavyweight boxer Tyson Fury says some horrible, stupid things, but he was pretty funny goading Vladimir Klitschko ahead of their world title fight. I don't live a strict lifestyle. I don't even live an athlete's lifestyle. It, it's an absolute disgrace to call me an athlete. You couldn't call me an athlete. Absolutely not. I, you know, I'll have to show you what the athlete looks like. There you go. Does that look like a fighter's body? Clearly not. Do I give a No. Have a look. Fat man. That's who beat you. Shame on you, my friend. <laughs> 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 Tell me that's that not how you do a so press conference. Do you know what? Yeah. There's some dad sitting at home now, he's just knocked off a six pack and he's just looked over at his missus and gone, I reckon I could become a boxer. <laughs> Uh, It's very important to get prime position when you're taking sports photographs. Uh, This bloke absolutely nailed it. Look, he's he's not going to miss a thing. Excuse me, buddy. (laughs) This is Jonathan Thurston's, though, like the etiquette. Excuse me, mate, can I just have a kick? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, JT, we love you. All right, nothing good happened in the Warriors-Dragons game on Sunday there, I've said it. Although this... This is pretty silly. Uh, and boom, straight oh. onto the touch charges head. I'm not sure why he had to signal that it hit him on the head. Uh, he went uh, looking for yeah. it. That was, <laughs> was going to miss him. He found that. <laughs> that was a voluntary yep. falcon. It's off that my, head. my head. Love it. <laughs> it's not the first us. time. It's not the first time, Kel, uh, an official's head has got in the way. Um, look, here we are. We, we prepared. Here's some we prepared earlier for you. This one it counts also as an assist. Ooh. Bang. And oh, I go, <laughs> he gets it and keeps oh, going. Play on. Yeah, play on. Stevie J uh, playing for Geelong here. Didn't miss this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is great. This referee uh, played a start. Oh. Pops the header over for the goal. Wasn't going over. That counts. Oh. counts. Nice. Beautiful. Look, it didn't end well at all for this uh, sideline official. Oh, down I go. <laughs> and the only thing more humiliating than that yeah. is having to take a concussion test. I'm pretty sure this guy, I remember seeing this, I'm pretty sure... He, he goes down, yes, I think... I'm, I had to count him in. How many fingers? I'm a touch judge, I have no oh. idea. All right, coming up, Parramatta <laughs> legend Brett Kenny joins us. Uh, this week's top five will leave you stuck for words and a tennis tantrum that has to be seen to be believed. A lot of confidence coming from this team as Michael Hooper leads the Waratahs into battle tonight. The back to Pony, beautiful break from him, and this Waratahs are through. It's Beal inside for Burgers. 
to break open the Waratahs defence. And straight for the middle is Malau. Brilliant entry into the line and a stunning try from the Waratahs. And Robinson for Horn. Rob Horn will go in. A silent stadium has become noisy again. Huge effort from uh, the Waratahs eight. And Hooper stretches and scores. Delight on the bench. And the Waratahs have secured a fabulous win at Newlands. Welcome back. Yes, that was a great win for the struggling Tars in South Africa. Sort of keeps them vaguely in the hunt. Michael Hooper, uh, he had been in under a fair bit of fire before that game, hadn't he? He had, and Bob Dwy- Bob Dyer, the uh, the former uh, Wallaby coach. Bob Dwyer, not Dwyer, Bob Dyer from Pickerbox. Pickerbox. <laughs> yeah, oh, you would say that. <laughs> hey, Bob and Dully. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Dwyer, of course, <laughs> said that he had reached a real flat spot, and it caused such a stir in rugby because that's so unusual. Everything's pretty nice, but it was good, Tony. It stirred him up. Up and fired him up, and he's played really well the last couple of games. So Bob's actually done him a service, I reckon. They're looking dangerous, aren't they? Yeah, well, the Australian franchises are struggling a tad, but at least uh, get mm. a win on the board is good. Grant Hackett, now he faced the media last week after his mid-flight madness. He knows, obviously, that the uh, nipple cripple saga has overshadowed everything good about that comeback. Did he get the apology right? To be honest, I've been drinking at the, the airport that morning. Um, definitely drunk, as you can see by the vision, which... For me, seeing that was disgraceful and disgusting and quite excruciating to watch. There is a deep sense of shame, guilt, embarrassment, uh, regret. Very, very sorry for, for my actions. Very, very sorry for the people that's impacted. Like I said, there's a huge amount of regret around that. Kelly didn't come out immediately and face the media, but he's done that now. Are you happy to move on? I just found a little bit bizarre, to be honest, because he called this carefully stage-managed... Uh, media conference, decked out in the suit and he was posing for photographers and that, ready to apologise. He said all the right words and, and then he added that he wasn't drinking at the function the night before, he didn't feel well, he arrived at Adelaide Airport at 7.30, he bought a bottle of gin, which he then sculled before, as, as he was getting on the plane and while on the plane for his 10am flight. I, I Does just, he have a fear of flying? Well, <laughs> I mean, he was in Adelaide on a Sunday morning, <laughs> I'll ever say that. It was a tiger <laughs> flight. Yeah. <laughs> but you asked a really good question when this initially emerged. How can you possibly get on a flight and get off in yeah. a worse state? And the answer is, is that, that he's sculling that... a bottle of gin at oh, 7.30 on a Sunday morning. It just seems troubling. It poses more questions, doesn't it? It, it does. I'll tell you what also worries me when I hear a guy say, so I'm undergoing counselling to give up the booze. I don't think he has to. Mm. You know, his skill is learning how to have just a couple and then say, anyway, boys, is that the time I'm off? Like, you're going to give up booze for the rest of your life? I mean, that's yeah, how that's got a different, trouble. That's an yeah. equation for every person who is suffering that if that's an addiction. We can't mm. really judge who can, has to do what in terms of... If it's yeah, an, we've just isn't. heard it so many times, this none or a gutful mentality. And, and, and you go two years and you say, I haven't had a drink for that, then suddenly snap. When you do. That's yep. what got him into trouble. Yeah. All right. Uh, at least Hackett's career was over when the embarrassing footage came out. NFL draft hopeful Larry... Jeremy Tunsil is just setting out and it's cost himself millions. Here's the moment his manager tells him his Twitter feed uh, at the draft has this image on it. (laughs) Yeah, and then that to make it even worse. Now, Adam, he went from uh, suspected number one draft pick worth squillions... Dropped down to, I think, Miami picked him up 13. Because it it hit the Facebook page... While the draft is rolling and he's about to be picked, and you could just see these teams consciously going, well, okay, no, someone else, okay, no, someone else. The way their draft is structured, you're guaranteed a certain amount of pay if you're picked at a certain level. So you can calculate the millions 
It's got him. I remember seeing the footage, mm. and just when you're thinking at least there's a mask on, and maybe his manager could go, "That's not. That could have been anyone. It's not my boy. It's not my boy." You see him going, <laughs> "Yeah, it's me." <laughs> <I'll show you laughs> what? So has someone hacked his account? To yeah, do that? someone had footage of it and then dumped it onto his Facebook just, account. Just but, ridiculous. But, I mean... but but he wasn't. That, that's not from 25 years ago when he never realised he was one day yeah. going to be. I <laughs> yeah. just don't know what. Yeah. How you can possibly think mm. I might just get away with a cheeky <laughs> motorised right. gas mask bomb? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a couple of mates filmed it, but they won't. That's not going to go anywhere. Just so stupid. You should have had a couple of cookies. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Did anybody else see a tumbleweed roll through the studio? There's a couple of stoners in the. We've had correspondence, and I'm sure we'll get some more. Actually, yeah. we had correspondence from someone who featured in last week's top five. Oh. That was the kids who hated losing. Kelly, you remember that one? You loved it. Yeah. Here he is. Um, so watching the back page the other night, and you showed some footage of me in 2001 while I was wearing your shirt at the Wacker Ground. Uh, a couple of pre-game bevies uh, with a few mates. The next thing you know, my hat's been destroyed on the fence. I'm jumping up and down like a lunatic. And uh, Warren, he's walking back to the pavilion for a 99. Um, thanks for showing the, uh, the footage again. Always gets brought up. And uh, thanks for a great show. <laughs> he was 21 at the time. We he was. That it was I actually spoke to Mick. He's captain of his local cricket club. Terrific knockabout from down at Margaret River. And Warney loves that style of character. Mm. So yeah. when he was launching a beer, he invited him over. And they spent a couple of days together. So Mick's gone from one day out working on the roofs of Margaret River to in the high rollers room with Warney, <laughs> sitting back like King, uh, King Tut. You know what I mean? Loving it all. And uh, a great character. And has been dining out of it. Like, he loved last week's show. Great character. Great. Good on you, Mick. Well Good done. Stuff. Well done. Laura, still with cricket. Froggy Thompson, Max Walker, unique bowling actions. Now, we all thought Paul Adams's was the most unique of all. Turns out the Frog and the Blender is not a one-off after all. Uh, Crash, talk me through this, boy. Have a look at this lad, Shivel Korshek. Try and do this at home. <laughs> yeah. There's Paul Adams on the left. They're almost identical. The boy on the right was one of 3,000 children who attended a talent quest where there was only going to, well, it was one winner, one prize, and he got it, turning up with an action like that. But to anyone who's sitting at home, if you don't think he's talented, he's really hard to pick. And I think he'll go further than Adams because he's got more oomph to him and he's taller. Try and do it. If you see at home, just try and bowl like that with your head down. I get to there and stop. I'm sorry, am I coming across a cricket junkie? <laughs> Absolutely. You've been practicing at home? I have, yeah. and um, I can only get to there. So uh, I'll be walking around like this, scaring the kids. Yeah, you exactly. can imagine Crush's wife going, oh, he's been drinking again. <laughs> That's part of the Robert, sex, Robert, sex machismo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a go at me? <laughs> what you're about to see is almost as improbable as Leicester's EPL title. Now, check out Capital's ice hockey star, Jay Beagle. Now, someone manages to get a hockey stick caught in his helmet. Snake <laughs> 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 it through his head there. Uh, it's just absolutely brilliant. But the amazing thing is not just that. That was the, in the same game. A helmet first. Now he's got one caught. In oh, a hockey stick magnet. Yeah. <laughs> a hockey stick magnet. And it's What's not good? been his stick either time, has no. it? It's been an opponent's stick. An, an opponent's stick. Yeah. He got home that night and he actually went to the toilet and a puck came out. <laughs> <laughs> which which <laughs> And you're having to go at me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Craddock, you have to put me to bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
much. Leads us to this week's top five. Oh, no. Moments when things got stuck, like this show about this point. We wish to baseball ball in the mix. Yeah, just throw the middle out. Yep, of course it's still out. He's got the ball. And bang, and he's gone. Number four, uh, <laughs> to kick the hoarding, it's a terrific idea when you're angry, but it can backfire. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just stuck in there. Kicking his way out. There you go. And number three, uh, Caroline Wozniak, he's just having a bit of a bad hair day at the US Open. And if we see the close up where the tennis racket gets caught up. In the flat. Yeah. Still tries to do the shot though, Kel. Problem I've ever had. No. <laughs> Number two. I love these guys. They get up close and personal in the NFL. So close, but have to actually take the helmet off. <laughs> They'll need a hockey stick to get them apart. That's exactly right. What do we do here? Uh, number one. This, now, this comes from a uh, motorcycle race in France a few years ago. Uh, as you can see, the bicycles are, are, are quite stuck. This rider, he desperately wants to get his back. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it gets better. Uh, they just keep going around. So they went around so many times that, in fact, we had to speed the whole thing up for you because it was going to take for absolutely ever. Jump right. I don't know when to go in. <laughs> exactly. It goes in now, and it's all over. And yeah. it's <laughs> all right. There's your top five for this week. Uh, time for a tennis tantrum that uh, doesn't involve Nick Kyrgios. Instead, it's Grigor Dimitrov. His angry baby Federer decides to bust a few rackets before match point, Kel. Yes. The, so he had three offences. Um, he was up 5-2 in the second set and then he was down 5-love in the third set. And yep. because there was a yeah. fair offence, oh, yeah. at 5-love, five 5-love, five he concedes a game. But he goes to show so it's he, So he's done that on purpose because he knew exactly what was happening. How much does each of those rackets cost? What, 300 bucks? Some poor kid in the crowd. Oh, well, they, they, don't care about, they don't care about that, do they? But they get the warning first, then you get deducted a point. And then he was down five love and he got deducted the game. So he's done it on purpose. So that and last match dummy over. spit, he would have known if I do this, it's game yeah. over. It's all over. Right. Let's just and go a title on the line as well. He had won one for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So. All right, uh, Nika Rosberg won the Russian Grand Prix, yada, 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 who cares? But the best bit came in lap one with uh, Daniel Kivat shunting Sebastian Vettel out of the race, and he wasn't happy. Oh, he's run again. He's another... Oh, I'm out. Crash. Somebody hit me in the rear, turn two, and then somebody hit me in the rear again in turn three. For sake. Honestly, what the are we doing here? <laughs> Without the potty talk, it's great commentary. He's done a terrific job. Sounds like Manuel had a faulty power, doesn't <laughs> he? Don't you reckon? Sounded like my driving instructor. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. All right, coming up, a very special guest, one of the best to ever wear, the green and gold and the blue and gold. Eels great, Brett Kenny joins us next. We're into extra time now, as far as we're concerned. in the air. That's a good kick too. Well placed. It's bounced. A chance. Yes. Boy. And there's the hooter. It's back for Stuart Short. Pass for Kenny.
tries his step, gets it to O'Connor. O'Connor's gone up round Ledger, tries to stand up on him, gets it away to Jack. Jack looking for three. Got it inside to Kenny, and Kenny's in for three. Oh, yes. Great stuff. Australia carved him up. They decimated, dissected, and absolutely diabolically destroyed this great Britain side today. Yeah, slightly bittersweet to have a card-carrying Eels legend with us on this sad day for Parramatta, but what a joy to have the great Brett Kenny with us. Hello and welcome. Thanks, Tan. Uh, I'm going to get to the Eels and your take on that in a moment. We just saw footage there of, I think, Adam Spencer. What did you describe that dummy as? The greatest dummy thrown in the entire 1980s of rugby league. It's the best dummy, the dummy of, the of the decade. That was beautiful. Grand <laughs> final, bang. There was that. There's also, we saw the Kangaroos. I think it's 30 years since that unbeatable... There was the Invincibles, but that's the Unbeatables. You see that? Was it, a, it was obviously a beautiful time. Yeah, it was, it was a great time, actually. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Kangaroo tours and, and enjoyed playing in the 80s, you know. It was just... Um, I always say to a lot of people, I think the 80s was the best era of rugby league. And I said, it's not just because I played in it. I, I just think a lot of people believe that. It... it it was a great game and, and um, you know, made a lot of friends and uh, friends I've kept for life and, and um, it was great, you know, but those kangaroo tours are very special. I remember when I went on the 82 tour, I came back and, and um, one of the first training sessions for Parramatta um, in 19, well, the end of 1983 was, uh, I said to a lot of the younger guys that were playing, I said, I don't know what your goals might be in, for the game of rugby league, but it should be to make a kangaroo tour because it was just fantastic. Do you think you, when we hear Mal Meninga talking about the pride in that jersey, now he's not saying that the players don't have it, but he's saying, I guess, that the, the interest amongst the public in, in these games is not what it was. Yeah, look, I, I think, too, it, it, it's the way it's publicised. I mean, you don't hear much about this Australia versus New Zealand in, in Newcastle. Um, everyone's talking about state of origin already. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's one of the problems. We need, we need to to get it out there a lot more and, and it is it is difficult with with um, the timing as well. I, I can't understand why they don't have this test match played after the three State of Origin games, so the way in, it used in, to be. In your day, you played 17 tests for Australia and then had the 17 appearances for New South Wales. In your day, what went what meant more? Oh, obviously playing for Australia. That's, that's... And what do you think the guys today would say if you ask them honestly? Well, I'd like to think that they would, you know, still want to play for Australia, but I I mean, I don't know how much money they get now to play for Australia, but I've heard they get around $30,000 a game for, for Origin. Yeah. Well, I know if I was getting 30000 for Origin, I know what I'd be playing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, I think that's, that's probably the reason why they all look towards State of Origin. Now, they focus more on Origin than they are on a, on a Test match, but that's not to say that they don't want to play you know, for your country. To me, that's the ultimate, is playing for your country. Because back in your day, you were on 100 bucks for a loss, 200 for a draw... But if someone kicked that field goal and you won, they went up to a $300 bonus. That must have been high times. <laughs> oh, it was great, you know. It, it meant an, another extra schooner. <laughs> did you, uh, Brett, did you have... I mean, back in those days, you had to have a job on the side, didn't you? So what, what were you doing when you were playing first grade? A bit of everything. I, was, <laughs> I had um, quite a few reps jobs. Um, I started at Paramount Lease Club as a cellarman. And uh, that was good for a while. And then That's I thought, dangerous. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Putting too much weight on, and, <laughs> and uh, I don't, you know, get a job, sales job, you know. But then when you start playing with football, obviously you've got to think of the amount of time you need off, and 
Um, you know, with Origin, you have probably a week off in training in camps and things like that. Uh, kangaroo tour, well, you're away for three months. So mm. all of a sudden, the people that you've employed you are saying, we can't afford to keep you. So you look for another job and same thing. It just goes on and on and on. And that was probably one of the reasons why I retired from rep football at an early age. I was only about 26 when I retired. And you had some great clashes with guys like Wally Lewis, immortally. But in State of Origin, Gene Miles and you came together and cameras actually got you talking to each other a couple of times. Yeah, you know, State of Origin is a very, very intense sort of game and, and, and even the conversations are very intense. I mean, we, uh, a couple of times I'd, I'd make a tackle on Gene and he'd, he'd get up and play the ball and... The player'd go off that way, and I'd say to him, "Man, are you going out for a drink?" Especially when we're playing in Brisbane. I said, "You're going out for a drink tonight." And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Where are you going?" He said, oh, "I don't know yet." So we just took off and went back into our positions. Later on in the game, he'd make another. I'd make a tackle on him, or he'd tackle me, and we'd get up, play the ball, same thing, and he'd say, "Oh, we're going to such and such a place." <laughs> I've just asked the other boys. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, all right, no problem. And he said, look, you're coming in the dressing room for a beer after the game. I said, yeah, you're not away, and off we go. <laughs> but they were very intense, the conversations. The club you played 256 games for, the club you won four premierships with, has today been docked their 12 premiership points so far. Uh, they can play for premierships points if they get under the salary cap. They've been fined a million dollars. What was your reaction when you heard that? Well, it was very, very disappointing and, and um, you know, more so disappointing from the board, you know, that, that, that they went through and did this. And, and to hear, you know, like in the last six years, they've done it five times. Um, I think, you know, you think, well, they should be sacked for being so stupid, mm. for letting it happen all the time, you know, and trying to get away with it. Um, but you feel sorry for the players and, and, and actually the, the, the Parramatta fans, you know, the, they've done nothing. Mm. to cause this, absolutely nothing. And, and the players, you know, they bust their backsides every week and sure, they mightn't win all the time and sometimes you don't think they play that well but, but they train hard and they get out there and they, they do their best and, and they're sitting on 12 points, sitting in fifth position and this is probably the best position the Parramatta side been in since 1986 mm. at this time of the year and, and, you know, it all gets brought back to nothing. Brett, what... It's 1986 was your last premiership. You won four. Since then, none. 30-year break. I know it's probably a long answer, but summarising, what's gone wrong with your club in that 30 years? Because they've been terrible. Yeah, look, I don't, it's hard to um, put a finger on it. They've had, outside of Penrith, they've got the biggest junior area in, in New South Wales. And, and But we don't seem to be able to have a lot of juniors coming through into first grade. We... We seem to get them through into the lower grades and they go all right, but they just can't seem to handle the first grade. And, um, you know, I, I think that's been a problem. We, we've tended to rely... And I know in the last couple of years that I was there, they, they thought, oh, well, all you guys came in, the Peter Sterlings, the Brett Kennys there, Graf, Steve Ellers, all came through at the same time and we won four premierships. Oh, this will happen again. But it wasn't, no. and, and they just kept sitting there thinking it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it didn't, and it took a long time. And um, you know, I, I really don't know, don't know what the answer is. I, I, you know, we, we've just whether it's the coaching and uh, at junior level or what, but they've got to look at trying to do something to turn it all around. You, of course, have a remarkable record. I don't like to say never, but it will never be beaten. Uh, there, I've said it. <laughs> Two tries in three consecutive grand finals, just absolutely remarkable. And then a couple of tries disallowed in a, in a fourth grand final, all of which you won. I mean, it, you can't, surely couldn't see that being knocked off. No, well, not now. I, I, 
the way it looks at the moment, you know, there are sides that are, are struggling to go back to back grand finalists or premiers. And, and, um, and then if you do find one, well, let's, let's say the Cowboys, for example, they were there last year, they get there again this year. That's two years in a row. Of the, uh, the 80s so, bags. Yeah, yeah, love it. Very I, stealthy. I actually thought I, was, I, was, I thought I was a lot further away from him than I was. When I, thought I, I thought if he doesn't fall for it, I'll still be able to pass it. But. It was the big question, wasn't it, Brett? Who was better out of Brett, Kenny and Wally Lewis? They put both of your images on the State of Origin shield. OK, if we're out the back having a beer and it was 2am in the morning and I said, mate, who did you think was better, you or Wally? What would you say? Me, of course. <laughs> It took a long time to get that answer. I always look at it this way. I I just feel very, very lucky that my name gets mentioned in the same breath as Wally Lewis. Wally is obviously a great, great player, probably one of the greatest players Australia's ever had, and to be actually mentioned alongside him. And to to think you've got other guys like Terry Lamb, um, you know, who's also a great player, but when they say Wally Lewis, it's Wally Lewis, Brett Kenny. I always like to think it's Brett Kenny one of those, but anyway. <laughs> we're, we're running out of time, Brett, very sadly, but just quickly, uh, we've talked about the Parramatta Eels. Can they, without points, they're starting on zero right now today as we speak, can they make the eight? I think it'll be very difficult. Um, you'd like to think they can, but, you know, there's, there's talk. They've got to win 12 from 15, but now they've still got to get rid of the 570,000. Um, and until such time as that's done, they can't start getting points. So... It could take a week, could take a month, you know. But I, I think it's it's very hard. But I look, I think they've got the right blade there as, as a coach, and and uh, I'm sure he'll have them have them there ready to play each week, and they'll be looking to to win as many games as they can. At the end of the season, they can say, all right, well, this is how many games we won. This is what we would be on. Put the 12 points on top of that. Yes, yep. we would have finished that five hundred seventy thousand dollars. You would have had to have won one hundred and ninety games back to back. One hundred ninety lots of your three hundred dollars winning bonus. There's your five hundred seventy numbers. You two can go enjoy your maths. Richard, you'd be funny out on a town. Brett Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely to have you in the studio. Thanks, Tony. Pleasure. Brett Kenny, absolute legend. Stay with us. Our epic fail and our champ of the week. Up next. Welcome back. Let's get to our epic fail for this week. And look, both, both of these players, uh, there's a fly ball. They seem to have it covered. Two men, what could possibly go wrong? And... (laughs) (laughs) Just the stand and don't do anything. And the glare. Down it pops. We're going to be on the back page. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We finally made it, Castro. Will you tape it for me? All right. Time now for our champ of the week. And I find it hard to go past EPL champions Leicester City, more specifically their manager Claudio Ranieri, who was in Italy having a birthday lunch with his mother as Chelsea passed on their crown to the Foxes, uh, grabbing a draw with Tottenham. But Leicester's that point against Man United, enough to get the job done. And now go home to face Everton and celebrate Claudio. Uh, dilly ding, dilly dong. Congratulations to Claudio and Lester. Sadly, that is it for us for another week. And with that, Mr Speaker, I commend the bill to the House. Hey. Hey. Hope the budget doesn't bite you. This has been a production of Fox Sports.